Hey, everybody. This is David Morrill, the Communications Director of the Association of Washington School Principals. The podcast you're about to listen to was uh, recorded with three members of my communications committee. Uh, we recorded it on our, our committee day, uh, which was October 2017. For the past two years in a row, we have um, brought our committees together, all seven of them. Um, we actually have eight committees now with the Specific Assistant Principal Advisory Committee to, to kind of learn from each other. And so we have seven areas of work at AWSP that were traditionally, they were part of our old strategic plan, and that's advocacy, professional learning, member support, diversity and equity, student leadership, outdoor learning centers, and the seventh being communication. So communication, we really work to support the other goal areas or the other work teams. So this it was a great day. We learned a lot. And what we ended up doing is we meet with our own committees and then we meet together to kind of learn what um, all the different work areas are talking about to see how much crossover there is and where we can all help each other and work to accomplish the goals of AWSP. So what you're about to hear again was my communications committee, three members from different schools around the state. And um, I hope you enjoy. I hope you learn something from it. And that's it. Welcome to A Matter of Principles. It's AWSP's podcast. This is our fourth episode, and a little context to this episode. We are here in SeaTac with our communications committee, three members of the committee. And each of the committees has come together to figure out how they can help serve AWSP as we move forward on our strategic plan. And our two goals as an association include, number one, equity. So making sure that people know what equity is, why it's important, how AWSP can equip principals to be better leaders of equity throughout the state, and also from a communications perspective, how AWSP serves all of our members. So whether you have a small PD budget, whether you have a superintendent that's supportive of you getting out of the building professional learning, um, how can we ensure that all of our members have access to our materials, our resources, and that every kid can have a connected, engaged, and informed principal. So we're here today at the committee meeting again, and part of what is important for us to get across to policymakers and to the public at large is that principals are multipliers of effective instruction. So the most important thing for students is to have a qualified teacher in every classroom. But how do you do that? Well, you do that with really effective principals. And so in terms of where um, communication sits at AWSP, we support equity, and we also trying to support the sustainability of the principalship. And communications is the multiplier of the effective advocacy we do and the professional learning. And so how can we multiply and amplify um, what the other arms of the association are doing and also, you know, listen in to the needs of the field and make sure that we're serving our members as best as we can. So with us today, we've got three principals. I'll let them go around the room and let them introduce themselves. First up, we have James Everett from Bellingham. I've kind of introduced you for you, but give us a little bit about, you know, who you are, how long you've been a principal, and okay. a little bit of your background. So yes, James Everett at Swalcom High School in Bellingham School District. This is my second administrative role. I was a principal at Meridian High School for five years, and this is uh, the beginning of my third year at Squalicum. And communication has been one of those critical pieces in establishing trust and ensuring the staff are well-informed and our parents know what's going on and our students are not surprised by what's happening. And so a lot of different facets in how communication help us manage and be strategic and be proactive in the things that we're doing. All right, thank you, James. Cindy? Hi, I'm Cindy Cromwell, currently the principal of Butler Acres Elementary School in Kelso. 
This is my 10th year as the principal there, and formerly I was the assistant principal at Cowieman Middle School, also in Kelso. Uh, communication is just extremely critical for me. It's every part of our job. It's what we do. Uh, we can't do it alone, so being able to communicate our needs, our goals, um, ideas and thoughts that we have to not only students, staff, parents, uh, but all of those critical stakeholders. It's just such an, an extremely important part of our job every single moment. My name is Brent Osborne. I'm principal at Lakeside High School in Nine Mile Falls School District. Prior to that, I was uh, been there for seven years. Prior to that, I was assistant principal at John R. Rogers High School in Spokane uh, for three years. And I would echo my colleagues' feelings about communication, but add to the fact that, that communication has evolved. Just in my 10 years in administration or the 10 years in teaching, what it looks like from then till now has changed. And uh, we as principals need to change with it and so and grow in, in how we reach uh, the people that need to know in our communities and in our schools. Great. So thank you guys for being here. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier today in our meeting prior to recording this podcast is that Brett mentioned communication is changing. Principals don't have necessarily formal training in communication. That if principal prep programs and you are responsible for a million and one things, and you know, a lot of districts could back up bus driver, you know, principals wear a lot of hats. But we've mentioned a little bit why it's important and mentioned a little bit about how it's changed. So kind of Cindy, you mentioned earlier about your philosophy. And more than what is the hot social media network of the day, what is it about communication? How do you approach it so that regardless of what people are in terms of where what platform you're at or how you communicate? Tell me a little bit about why you do what you do, how much thought you give it, and what your philosophy is around communication. I absolutely believe that there are people that think that they are communicators. There are people who are not communicators, and then there are those that think that they are, but they really aren't. And one of our jobs is to figure out our audience and to figure out different ways that we can communicate uh, for that mission, for that mission of educating all kids all day, every day whether they're in kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, really thinking about that mission and utilizing communication to get us to that graduation, to that end product, I think is absolutely the critical aspect, kind of our goal. I would add to that, uh, I fully agree, and I would add to the fact that as we are leaders within our system that's complex, we have a responsibility that everybody in our, in our building um, and our stakeholders outside, people we serve, are fully aware of where we're heading and what's coming up. And if we don't do that well, then human nature, I believe, uh, has people filling in the blanks with the worst possible scenario. And so then you move very quickly from a proactive stance to reactive. And you don't build trust that way. And there's a lot of scrambling. And it's just not a good way to move forward and support your system and your students and your families. And going through principal school, if you can call it that, uh, you don't take a class on necessarily communication. And again, as was stated earlier, it's changed so much, especially in the last couple of years with technology and social media, that we find ourselves so many times trying to keep up. But I agree, it's, you got to be on top of it and over-communicate. Otherwise, it'll come back and bite you. Absolutely. You know, just to add would be that 
you know, they always say, well, you've got to meet them where they are. So where are your community? And so that I think does take some proper planning and some time and some investment as a school leader to put some time into the fact of where are they and how can they best be reached. And so a couple of years ago in my school, I used Project Tomorrow Speak Up survey, which allowed me to survey my students, my staff, my community to find out where they were accessing information. So were they getting it from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat? What form of media do they access best, web page? And so um, however you do that, you need to find the best way for you to assess where they are. You can't just assume uh, that everybody's going to read the paper or the newsletter you send out. So I think like James, they've got to be communicated to. So um, in many ways, it's a blast format too. So you may think that the best way to communicate is via the web page. Well, you better put then something on your Facebook that draws them back to that, or your Twitter, or your Instagram. So different ways to get people to the information that you know they need to get. Yeah, that's all really good points. You talked about over-communicating. And, you know, it's easy to think, well, I've already sent that out, or I said that. But sometimes you have so many different stakeholder groups. It's like, well, I know I told students, or maybe I told staff. or So it really is true. Like, you might, as a communicator, as a principal, in my role, I feel like, oh, you've already put that out there. But sometimes it's true, you can't really say it enough. And it's better to say it too much than not enough. And that will save you a lot of time in the, in the long run. So when you think about, you know, what are you saying and who you're trying to communicate with and who you're trying to communicate to, a lot of times, you know, you might have parents that you need to communicate with one way, students and staff in another. And keeping track of that can definitely be, you know, tough to, to stay on top of. But, uh, you know, whatever you have, you make sure that you have a system and that you don't leave anything uncovered. And, Again, if you always err on the side of over-communicating, no matter what that is, and you know, your parents and your staff will thank you. The other part of that is when we talk about your stakeholders, you know, who are they and how can you use them? How can you partner with them? What are those strategies look like to make sure that everybody's engaged and that you're not missing anybody? I think when we think about the school community, you've got your students and you've got your staff you've got your parents, and then you've got your greater community at large uh, that may or may not be connected directly to the school, but are still connected to the school because it's their community. And so um, each of them require different modes of communication. And then that's that the juggling the balls in the air as a principal. How do you best reach those groups? Uh, how a student is best contacted is not how their parents are best contacted. And how you contact a parent is not the best way to, to reach the adult in the community that has no children in the school, or the parent that has elementary kids and you're at the high school, but they need that information too. And so um, you have to understand who they are. And then I think you have to look at each of them individually and assess how best to communicate, Um, whether that's using your email service to blast all the parents, or you're using Instagram to reach kids, Facebook to reach parents. And so I think today's principal has to learn how to juggle um, probably three social medias for their school, let alone their three for themselves, uh, and their webpage, and that's a lot to, to take on as a leader. I think that's that new, the new principalship. When you think about what it means to be a principal in 2017, it looks different than it did in 2015 and 13 and 10. And so today's principal needs to be versed on how to best reach their community. I also think that. With the new tools, there are also some tried and true practices that help reinforce the communication. It's important not to lose sight of communication being a two-way street. Are we listening to what's going on 
do you have the staff members that are willing to come to you and say, hey, this is, you know, there's a rumble about this, or this was mentioned at lunch, just want you to be aware. Um, one of the things I've stumbled upon is my presence at extracurricular activities, whether it be athletics or music programs or, or something like that, is an outreach. It's an opportunity for anybody at any time to come up and access me to say, hey, this was on my mind, or I have this question, can we meet tomorrow about that, or, or I wonder about, and then if I'm open to that, then that gives me uh, leverage to be able to examine an area that I otherwise might not be aware of. And so just thinking about how to be listening to your community that you're serving is an important part of the total communication package. It sounds like that part of listening is just being available, even, you know, being present, being available, making sure people know how to contact you, giving people the opportunity for dialogue. Absolutely. And the way I stumbled on it is one of the things I heard going into a new system in the past was that the feedback I got from the community was they didn't know how to let the school know when things weren't going well or when they were going well. And so we put together a, what we call parent roundtable and, and teacher roundtable meetings where once a month we just invite the community to come and, and there's no agenda. Just come and share whatever's on your mind. And sometimes we sat and looked at each other and you know, you'd come up with a conversation, which always led into something people were wondering about. And that provided an avenue for dialogue that otherwise people got frustrated about. You have to absolutely provide people that opportunity to just be listened to. We've covered a lot of topics on there already. I think one of the questions I'd like to add to that is to talk about what, like what advice would you give to maybe a new principal? Hmm. Uh, anything else that you have? Are there two? So just advice that we give, and that can kind of lead into tips, tools, and takeaways. Uh, I think we got you know, your stakeholder, your life, communications, importance. We've talked a little bit about parts of maybe partnerships would be a little more thing. That we can uh, talk about. Maybe you know, like a lot of everybody has that, but if you have a communications person in your district, you know, form a relationship, ask you know for yeah. help, um, share perspectives, you know, yeah. share perspectives, that kind of thing, and if you don't. You know, find someone in your area, your league, or region that you can connect with and find out what they're doing. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about stakeholders and partnerships. And, you know, one of the things that you can do is, is find people in your building to be partners and, or in your district, in your community. Um, you know, depending on the size of your district, the size of your school, you may or may not have a communications director. But if you do, you know, make sure you have a good relationship with that person and, you know, pick their brain, find out what they'd like from you and what they can do for you. Because um, they're busy people, just like you are. So you might be surprised at how much you can get out of them with a little bit of outreach and asking them to maybe come in and help you out. Or, you know, maybe you have a really good student body. Maybe you have a local paper with a, a writer that's interested in education. So finding those partnerships that can help you amplify your message are, are really important. And maybe that's somebody else in your own building. So I'll just kind of throw it around the table. And, you know, who are the people that you partner with? Or who are the people that help advocate for you and help make sure that the word gets out? In the Bellingham School District, we're pretty fortunate. We have a, a strong communications department. So when there is a situation or there's a, an item that I need to communicate or feel like I need to respond to, I have a couple of people that I'm able to just share perspectives with and, and balance what I'm thinking against what they're looking at because they're thinking of the larger system as a whole. And I'm trying to think about who we're serving immediately in my building. And so they're not available. I have some colleagues that are in our league that I reach out to and, and that 
I've worked with over time with different situations that I respect. And, and so I'll maybe give them a call and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Have you been down this road before? What, what do you think? And um, just gathering those perspectives is really helpful. I really utilize my staff as my thought partners uh, in communications. I think it's critical that what I think I'm saying or what I'm sending out is truly the message that I want to. So to make sure that I have people to go through my documents or before I speak sometimes, this is what I'm trying to get across. This is the message because if I'm not really clear in my message, then it's totally open for interpretation. So those thought partners of giving feedback, giving sometimes very blunt feedback, I appreciate. Sometimes those are other peers. Those are other administrators. Those are district office staff. But people that I can just call and bounce off ideas uh, thoughts or even a letter that I'm sending to parents or an email response. Can you look at this through your lens and tell me, am I on the right track with this? Or how would you interpret this? Uh, As a principal in a, in a small school, in a small district um, that doesn't have a communications director or a local paper, or those kinds of things, you really learn to rely on everyone, um, whether that be your office manager, your assistant principal, superintendent, a teacher. Um, to help be that filter and guide when it comes to communication. And just like mentioned earlier, you really partner with your teachers. And so when you talk about communication, I think about my biggest partner, it's my teachers. You know, they are communicating with kids and, you know, they have sites. They have Google Classroom sites and they have uh, websites and they have Edmodo pages. And every way that you can, you got to communicate out. And oftentimes that conduit for us as building leaders is the teachers. They're going to get that message to kids in a more personal one-on-one that might be the best way to get something um, out to kids, which then may get to families. Yeah, and that's, you know, um, if you're communicating well with your teachers, uh, you don't want to model that all the way through and and get that, you know, family engagement and make sure that everybody's on the same page. That information is getting to the people that need it before they even know they need it sometimes. So... You know, I have to kind of sit back and reflect, and, you know, the PTA is another organization that can help out and, and look at what some of the partnerships exist. Uh, we just want to kind of send a reminder to, you know, people who are listening that at AWSP, you know, we're only as strong as our members are, and we really love to hear stories of what works for people. And there are a couple things around the table. Let's, maybe you can go in and uh, kind of share some tips, tools, and takeaways, which is something that we always try and offer. So, don't be shy. Uh, you know, my email is david at awsp.org. It's really simple. Send us some ideas. Tell us what you're doing. Or if you have someone in a, you know, another district or a colleague, uh, we want to hear about that so we can start that out and stronger together. So we want to make sure as a profession, as an association across our state, that we are sharing ideas. So with that intro, I know, Cindy, you have something in your district that's been a helpful tool for you uh, over the last year that you've implemented. And then tell me a little bit about that. As we have started using, it's called Peach Jar. So being an elementary school, we have all sorts of organizations that bring these lovely flyers that my staff have to count out and send off to students in Friday folders. And Peach Jar allows us to just send it electronically. It totally takes it out of everybody's hand, uh, and we are able to communicate it with families. And it's, it's been a lovely tool that we've been able to incorporate. Uh, the other item, you know, we used to do those old-fashioned phone trees where I would start off by calling four or five people and then they would start calling those individuals who would, you know, implement weather or delays. I totally love the Remind app. Uh, it is a tool that I can use to communicate with teachers, all of them at the same exact time, 
So nobody's concerned that, well, you called this person beforehand or, you know, why didn't I get that phone call? I can 100% guarantee when I hit one button, it goes out to everybody in whatever format that they want. So Feature and Remind right now are our two really go-to products. We're a big user of School Messenger. And I think the other tip I would have is tapping into our leadership students and the connection that they have in the school, both with their peers and with their parents about what's going on and just giving us that perspective that each year we're a little bit farther away from that age group. And so it's good reminders on how to access what they need from us in order to get the messages that we want to send. But the two big ones for us, uh, School Messenger usually is a district resource that we utilize and then, and then tapping into our student leaders. I would echo the thoughts that have already been in the apps and the, the tools that have been mentioned already. We use those as well, School Messenger and Remind. Um, those are fabulous. I still always think the best way to communicate is face-to-face with kids and having that conversation, not the daily announcements that everybody ignores, but the opportunity for a teacher or you as an administrator or school personnel to get in front of a group of kids and communicate directly um, in a classroom, something that's important, um, usually gets done well. And James mentioned earlier, games, that face-to-face is the strategy that will least likely lead to interpretation of emotions or emojis or exclamation marks. And so that's what I always encourage. Whenever possible, pick up the phone, call somebody, schedule a meeting, talk to them in person. Uh, Social media can't replace that. And you can help in your mass communication, but remember that personal contact with your families and your parents and your your community. Yeah. I said, you know, going back to before, you know, being proactive with that can really, can really help. And there's a time and place for everything. And and making sure, you know, okay, do I really need to have a conversation with this person? Because, you know, like I said, between you know, the challenge for every communicator, every human is, as this person that I'm talking to, are they interpreting the message the way I want them to receive it? But that's important. Just in what Brett said and, and, and what you're talking about, I think reminds me of the idea that you go to the heat. If there's ever, you know, something that comes up, waiting is almost always the wrong approach you deal with it. And so that would be some advice I would say for someone who's new in the role and, and needing to work with communication. Yeah. And I would say sometimes you have, to, you have to slow down to go fast. And to me, like as a communications person, as someone interested in technology, that means taking a little time to learn your tools and learn what's available to you. It might cost you a little time up front, but it might save you a lot of time on the back end. And the same thing, you might not think you have enough time to write a blog post or put something on Facebook. But if you take the time and if you're consistent and if you stay engaged with that, your audience will follow. They'll come to you. And in the long run, it's going to save you a bunch of time on the back end. And, and your parents, your staff, your community, um, everybody will come to appreciate that. So one of the, the tools I'll leave as a takeaway is there's a service called Buffer, you know, or you can schedule posts on Facebook. I would suggest at the beginning of the year, sitting down with your leadership team. And that might be a teacher, it might be assistant principal, it might be students, it might be the PTA, and kind of um, looking at an editorial calendar. Okay, what are the events that we're going to be talking about throughout the year? If you have plays coming up, if you have games, because a lot of this stuff can kind of be pre-scheduled or talked about in advance. And uh, one of the advantages of, of that is that you can have you know, a secretary who might not be totally comfortable. You can, she can have draft posts and she can have something scheduled to go out. And then you can go ahead and you can, you can look and you can review and you can see everything ahead of time. And um, it's so much easier when you can block that time out. Like 
couple hours in, maybe it's a couple hours a day for the first couple of weeks of school, but that will save you so much time at the end when you're in the middle of everything and you have to get something out and, you know, you're wondering what is appropriate or not. So just kind of plan, you know, plan, make a plan for your year about what you're going to be sharing, who you're going to be sharing it with, and you can kind of front load some of that work and, and make your life a lot easier when things do really get busy. So that's it. Um, anybody else have anything they'd like to add? Any last bit of advice to the principals in the state of Washington and beyond? No? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah um, thanks to the three of you for being here. You guys Thank have been you. great help for me and the association. And again, for the listeners, if you have any feedback, you know, both good or bad, we really want our members to be critical friends. We're here to serve you guys. So let us know where we're succeeding, where we're falling short, and then please share share what works so we can uh, we can be stronger together. That's it. Thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully you'll be hearing more from us in the future on uh, different podcasts and different topics. Thanks for listening to A Matter of Principles. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. You can find it in the Google Play Store, or you can always listen on our website. We'd love to hear feedback from what you'd like to hear and the guests you'd like to have us have on in future episodes. You can always send that feedback to me at david at awsp.org or just shoot anybody here an email. Uh, find us on social media. We're on Twitter, awsp underscore principles, or find us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Take care. The podcast you just listened to was paid for by Federal Title II Part A grant funds from OSPI, the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, and the U.S. Department of Education. If you'd like to reuse the podcast in any way, it is Creative Commons License CCBY Attribution 2.0. Thanks to OSPI and the Department of Education for supporting our work and supporting principals across the state.